Hello, heroes, and welcome to Second Watch. I'm your fighter, Megan Dornbrock. And I'm the bard, if I recall correctly, Alex Roberts. <laughs> and I'm I'm the Shugenja, because we can't can't have any sort of uh, uh, co- cohesion within party dynamics, apparently, or system dynamics. And uh, Jim McClure, so hi. <laughs> hi. I thought you were going to say, because we can't have nice things. Uh, <laughs> because yes. we can't have nice things. Yeah. Then uh, we can do the scry and buy, see what's scrying on on people's lives. What have we been doing since Gen Con? Oh, gosh. Um, I actually just got back from Big Bad Con. Ooh, uh, how was that? Con- it, was, it was wonderful. Like, it is such a just friendly, really laid back, um, just like well-organized, really – it was just like really, really fun. You know, like sometimes – conventions are like good but they're like super stressful you know um mm-hmm. but bad con was just so chill like there was i didn't get into that much scheduled games like scheduled games filled up really fast so i was kind of discouraged mm-hmm. by that at first um but then when i got there there's just so much there's a huge games on demand and um and also there are so many pickup games like that's just kind of part of the culture there um yeah it's really really good um, also, there's a couple of like the sort of open gaming rooms with like a bunch of tables in a room that you see at gaming conventions. Mm-hmm. But they also, it's at a hotel and they rent out like a floor of hotel rooms, basically, so that you can Ooh. have like quiet, more private areas to game in, which is very good. It's that is a very, very good way to do that. It's like super play focused. Um, there wasn't a lot of like panels and workshops and stuff like that, which I really like. I would really, really like to go and hang out at more, like, really, really play-focused conventions. Because it was, yeah, it was just so relaxing just to hang out and game. It it was really cool. That's awesome. Where is Big Bad Con? It is in Oakland. So I have some friends who live just south of um, San Francisco. So I got to hang out with them and stay with them, which was really nice. And I got to hang out in San Francisco the day after. Uh, me and Jackson Tegu hit the town and <laughs> we went to this arcade museum called the Musée Mécanique, which is like, it, it, like it's an arcade museum, but it's just set up like an arcade. So you have these cabinets from like 1906. Oh my God. Yeah. Where, you know, the kind where you like put a penny in and you look in like the little peepers and you see mm-hmm. a picture of a like sexy lady for yeah. a number of seconds. Um, that is, uh, that was amazing. And you can play almost all of them. Like, almost all of them are kept in playable condition. So we had to play all these, like, old, like, analog, like, made of wood and metal arcade cabinets. Um, it was oh, really, so really cool. cool. And they had the 1983 Star Wars game, the first Star Wars video game. The cabinet that's just, like, a bunch of, like, lines on a black background and you're a, you're an X-Wing fighter and you're shooting down TIE fighters. It was oh. truly amazing. Anyone, anyone in San Francisco... Go to the museum mechanic. It's free to go in. Most of the machines take like a quarter or like a dime. Um, it's a really, really good way to spend an afternoon. I was amazed. Hmm. 
now, now that that pulls up actually. Well, the previous thing you said pulls up a question that I had because, uh, and I know we're going to talk. This is going to be he- seemingly heavily convention focused second watch, mm-hmm. but uh, you, you made the comment about not not having many uh, you know organized or official games set up for your convention. I, I wonder, do you all like schedule yourself like super heavy when you do conventions in general? I know different conventions you do different <laughs> things, or do you just sort of like show up and be like, hey, I'll just find something to do for three days. I definitely schedule myself pretty heavy. That is um, so unsurprising, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> if if there is a schedule in advance and I can look at it, I will make an Excel sheet and chart things out and then probably also write it down also somewhere else um, because I I'm definitely I definitely have one of those I don't want to miss anything kind yeah. of kind of mentalities about it. And I think also um like I hadn't thought about it until just now when you asked um things like the double exposure events they have the big walls of paper where you can like sign up for a thing Mm. um and now knowing that like that's how they do it it's either that or it's like the teeniest tiniest little convention book of uh that that no human person can read that text (laughs) size um either one of those options is not super great for me to like right read to see on the fly yeah so like (laughs) I will. Th- I think my my fear of missing something cool that's going on is definitely justified because I will rock walk right p- by something that could be very cool and I won't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to be as prepared as possible, I guess, to like have fun. That but now sense. I know people at these conventions, so they will flag me down and say like, "Hey, dummy, come play this game." <laughs> it, uh, so it's it, better. It really does make a difference depending on how many people you know. Like when I kind of first started going to conventions, I would schedule myself so tightly, like three games a day. Um, not only because like, I want to maximize my time and have the most fun, but also like the more people that I know, the more I'm getting used to like, okay, if you don't have something in a slot, just hang out, you'll find someone, you know, and you'll get to play in something. Or if there's a games on demand situation at a, at a convention, that's like really soothing and relaxing too. Like I could just go there and and jump into something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the answer is I used to, and now I'm like starting to be able to relax a little bit. <laughs> I, I still have my mitts clamped firmly around the schedule. I'm, I'll relax later. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You do you. Yeah, my, mine's always been, I, I guess I'm, I'm more towards towards Alex on this side. Uh, I almost never sign up for any, like, official games, mm-hmm. um, partly because, and, and, and of course, you, you all know this about me by now, um, I don't like to, like, jump in things when they're popular. That's not that's not a Jim McClure trait. Uh, so it's like Gen Con happens every year, and it's like, oh, why didn't you get one of the hotels that's connected? Because I go, I'm not going to do that whole, like, hotel launch day have to be on the website in the first five minutes of it going live like no hotel i worry about like two months after it happens um that's Mm -hmm. that's that's where i am and then whatever's available will be available and kind of the same thing with games i'm sort of like uh that's that's like a lot of stress and pressure to like go through and like what are all these games happening because then then i end up doing i think exactly like what megan said i I go i'm like well but there's this game and this panel and this game and they all overlap and i've got to miss one and now i have a lot of pressure on me and 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 a lot of a lot of undue anxiety that i'm putting on myself i feel like so Mm -hmm. i try to go about it the the other direction of just like a hey wherever the wind 
wind carries me. Like, uh, okay, I will I will walk into this section of the convention, and if something interesting strikes, I will go there. So I really like conventions. I think that's why I like the smaller conventions because I th- I kind of feel like it's easier to do that. Yeah. Like to me, like Gen Con, it's like if I want to do a pickup game, it's like okay, well I put a blast out on Twitter, and maybe there's <laughs> enough people available to do it. But if I do something like uh, a catacon, uh, where you know it's a small convention, it's it's so much easier to do that because you literally just walk around and like, oh, there's four people standing there. Hey, y'all want to play a game? Hey, let's sit and I'll play a game. Um, and do something like that. And I'm I'm equally excited about everything I've heard about Metatopia. All of this will be my my first one for that. And I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that later. So anyway, mm-hmm. I was just I was just curious how y'all handle your your convention schedules. Uh, as as Alex Corda mentioned it there. I, I also big bad con. Um, I think I played in like two games a day. And like, that's just kind of how it worked out between scheduled stuff and, and random stuff. And I think in the past I've been like, oh, I've got to maximize. I've got to like, I've got to get up early, you know, and like play in at least three games, ideally four and like cram a bunch of panels and stuff in around that. And it turns out like two games a day, I feel like I can bring, and I think I only played one game on Sunday, actually. I feel like I can bring so much more of myself to a game when I'm not like, panicked and like tired and like running around and stressed um Mm -hmm. so i end up like just enjoying it more and remembering it more and like yeah i think i'm i'm going to like deliberately play slightly less at conventions from now on because i was like max relax at at big bad con and uh i would like to continue to be that (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that is i aspire to that I um I actually didn't I mean the Metatopia schedule isn't up yet but uh mm-hmm. the Acaticon schedule I think I only have maybe two things on each day and that that seems reasonable. And Acaticon is so so nice and lovely especially after we yelled at uh M- Michael from the RPG Academy who organizes it last year uh because when he decided to make certain games start at eight o'clock in the morning uh we all sort of oh, universally God. went no bad. Bad, Michael. Bad. Don't do that again. So, <laughs> other other than that, it was all lovely because it, it was it was the Sunday morning eight a.m. games that were uh, sparse would be the word for it. I feel mm-hmm. kidding. Oof. Wow. Woof. Oh, buddy. <laughs> what what else have you been up to, Alex? Anything? Um, I don't know. Life in general has been interesting. Um, I just I just moved to a new apartment. Um, same city. Just moved around. Yeah, so that you know that takes up your time. Yeah. Um. Gosh, getting ready for getting ready for Metatopia is is big. Um, I've been helping out um the folks at Billy Billy Pulpit Games with um Ghost Court. Yay! Um, the Kickstarter on Kickstarter now. Yeah, that's right on Kickstarter <laughs> now, and uh, that's been really really cool. Really interesting learning experience. Um, I'm having a really good time with it. It's uh it's easy um to work with them on that because. I'm sure I've talked about it before on this show, probably like how much I love that game and how like excited mm-hmm. I am to bring it to people. So to just get to like have a focused way to express that excitement and like do something about it um, is really, really cool. So that's been really fun and they're wonderful, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Um, cool. Yeah. That and, and life. Uh, what about you, Megan? <laughs> Oh, me. Um, I was trying to think the other day what I've been up to since Gen Con, and I, I feel like a bad person because it's not the first thing I thought of, but uh, for good reason, I guess. I got engaged. Oh, yeah, that's yes. right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Which happened, uh, like, not 
but a few hours after we recorded our last second watch, wow. which is why it didn't register as happening in the interim because it was the same day. <laughs> um, so we were still in Indiana for Gen Con, having our having our our nice dinner with the the friends that we came with. Um, we had a we got together and we're like, let's go let's go have like fancy dinner, and we're like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually cute. My the the part of the story I like the best is uh, my. My fiance, Dan, um, we, we we came with his brother and his brother's girlfriend, and then two of his friends came as well. We didn't travel together, but we kind of attended some of the stuff together. We hung out a lot. So there were six of us. Um, and Dan was pushing since before we went to the convention. He was like, I know you're going to be busy. I know you have network stuff and you have a lot of games you want to play and you're going to be doing all this other stuff. But I want us to have like one like family dinner with the people that we came with. And I was like, okay, that's fine. We can do that. You know, we'll we'll see what night isn't super crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Friday night, we're walking around and we're hanging out with like his friends, and uh, we were basically done for the evening. And his friends and I, the convention for people who haven't been uh, is there's a lot of restaurants nearby, but one of them that's like right near the convention center is a steak and shake. And, and we all went, we we're like, Oh my God, steak and shake. Like there was this mixture of, I haven't been to steak and shake in forever, or I've never been to steak and shake. So we were like, guys, we're going to steak and shake. It's going to be great. We're going to get milkshakes and we're going to get garbage food. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so like his friends and I are pushing for like family dinner, steak and shake. Let's go. And Dan's like, all right, I guess we can go. Okay. <laughs> and like the wait wasn't very long, which was amazing. Cause it was a, like Friday at the convention so we're we're like we were having a great time and and Dan seemed to be having an okay time too but then he comes back like the next day or Sunday maybe it was and he's like I want to have a nice dinner and we're like Dan we had family dinner I mean we can do it again if you want but like we did the thing are you okay and he's like I want I want to go to fancy place so he was like really adamant about going to this fancy restaurant so we went to like um, a steakhouse that wasn't too far away and uh, and that's when he asked Aww, but so adorable. Yeah, so, I, I like that we were thwarting him with burgers and milkshakes. <laughs> so. So, so you're clearly doing a podcast wedding, right? Uh, okay, <laughs> the rule is if anybody asks when it is or what's going on, you're uninvited. So my guess list oh. is very short right now. And, and oh, nice. I just uninvited myself, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's I don't I have no idea what we're doing, and I'm I'm honestly. I, I know if I start to want to think about it or to plan it, I will make myself crazy because I have to finish this program. I have to finish my thesis in the next few months. And that like, that has to be priority one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if I like, I am a, I'm not like a big Pinteresty person, but I am a big, like, I can do that. Uh, do it yourself kind of person. Like, why would I buy these things if I can just make that? Right. I can just do that. I know how to bake a cake. I can make a cake. I know how to sew things. I can sew a dress. Mm-hmm. I know how to make like whatever. I will I will drive myself mad trying to make everything I would need for a wedding. <laughs> and I just cannot afford that kind of time and craziness right now. Of so course. I'm not even thinking about it. Plus like a long engagement is so cool and classy. <laughs> and then you ke- you get to keep seeing fiance. Like, I would encourage you to just, like, stretch that out as long as possible. I, I feel like such a, like, goblin when I say that word. I don't know. It's so good. It's such the best word. I've, I always felt like fiancé, it just, it's got so much weight to it. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Respect me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So we'll, I'll, um, I'll probably have more thoughts on that maybe next year, next spring or something when I can start to think about it. 
So yeah. Um, otherwise, I guess I I don't know. Uh, school started. I had a birthday. Um, that's about it. <laughs> oh, happy birthday! Nice. Oh yeah, it was my birthday yeah. too. Yeah, it was your birthday. It was almost the same day. Oh yeah, that's right. Happy birthday to us! Yay, Jim, get in on this. When's your birthday? Uh, no, I'm like way in December. Like yeah. December so birthdays are the worst too. Is it real close to Christmas? Uh, December 9th, yeah. So I'm okay. like, it's I mean, not close super, enough for everybody else. It's yeah. not super, super close, but I definitely, as a, right, I'm not doing an as a kid story because I already have like three <laughs> of them prepped. But, uh, uh, no, it, it, it was, it was always sort of like, oh, mine doesn't feel special because like we're, do- I'm opening birthday presents, but there's the Christmas tree like right over there. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't get in. When, when, wait, when are the birthdays? Cause I didn't get in on the super special secret birthday club. Yeah, uh, mine was September 21st. And mine was September 22nd. Wow. And I were basically twins. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, I'm very excited. I just turned 27, and that was kind of like, cool, whatever. But then, for some reason, the phrase pushing 30 appeared in my mind recently. And I really, really like it. Like, I'm now going to self-identify as pushing 30 (laughs) until, I don't know, probably for many years uh, really? past 30 because yeah. it's such a good phrase pretty much until okay. i get to pushing 40 i think i'm gonna identify as pushing 30. <laughs> yeah i i'm really into it nice see now oh. i thought i was the only one like I, my di- all right damn more childhood stories okay <laughs> let's so, go jim ever since i would there was a defining moment in my childhood another one of these great defining moments when i knew all i wanted to be was an adult yeah. Like, and it yeah. was, I don't know how young I was, but I was really young and I wanted the golden grams that were in the top cabinet and I was not tall enough or long enough to reach the golden grams in the top cabinet. And it was probably like afternoon and I had no business trying to want golden grams, but, uh, it still held that I wanted myself some golden grams. And at that moment I knew I was like, I just want to be an adult. So that way I can get golden grams whenever I want them. And that was, that was it. And I've always, the, the joke has been, I've always wanted to be what I want to be when I grow up as an old man. Uh, so like when, yeah. when I'm, I'm 28 now, uh, and when I turn 28, I don't know, for me, when I turned 28, that was when I was like, Oh, thirties right around the corner and thirties when you become a real adult for some reason. I don't know why, but, um, and debatable. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got the same thing. Like once once I turn twenty and I'm turning twenty nine in what a month, couple months, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh, then I'm then I'm like close. Oh, I can. Yeah. Oh, I can taste it. I can push, taste it. Push thirty with me, Jim. You should. Push I, I am Alex. Me and you were pushing thirty together. <laughs> oh boy, have fun, guys. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. It's nice. It's good. I uh, I really enjoyed thirty. Yeah, thirty was good. Yeah, thirty was thirty was my best year, I think. So I'm looking uh, looking for this one to top it. That's pretty so awesome. I am, I am not pushing anything. I guess I am staunchly now in my thirties. In my who 30s. knew that was going to happen? <laughs> so. Yeah, I know what you mean. No, and yeah. and you can do the Alex. You can just continually push thirty. You can push it as far mm-hmm. as you want. Yeah. Keep pushing. There you go. Just pu- yeah. Isn't that the the thing? Like everybody's always like, "Oh, I'm 29." Wink. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> that's so weird i've never understood that um and like i'm told that i will understand it when i like pass 30 or something but i've never gotten the like i wish i was younger or like just the sort of like negative attitude towards aging in general um yeah i don't know 
I, I think the stigma about like the 30s isn't quite the same as it was like or, oh 30s the new 20 and like okay fine <laughs> um but yeah even even being in a classroom of people um several times a week that are like 10 years younger than me it's kind of like it's it's weirdly empowering because yeah. it's like kids i'm 30 you need to knock this shit off like <laughs> just just get out of here with this and then like it's it's great i use it like a weapon man <laughs> that's oh, wonderful the, yeah. the only the only weird experience i had with age um is because i'm not a big uh i'm, I'm not a big kid person like i don't ever mm-hmm. plan on having like a child in my life that's not something that that interests me but uh I, at the point where i cross the age where i go ooh i'm I'm older than my mom was when she had me. And oh. and I had like a weird moment with that with them going yeah. like, I know how immature I was. She was raising me. Like yeah. <laughs> and she's a much more mature person than I am, but uh that was that was the only weird little step of age. I was like, "Oh, that's that's odd." That was you're right. That was really surreal for me too. And like I had I have pretty young parents. Like my parents were 20 and 22 when they had children. Oh my god. I know, right? And so like I'm there at 20 being like and especially once I got to the point where they had three children, you know, mm-hmm. where they were like 25 or whatever, I'm like, shit, like I can't even take care of a house plant. You know? <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah. And then my, I guess my mother was younger because I'm, I'm the young, youngest of three boys. So she mm-hmm. was 26 when she had me, but dad was 14 years older than her. So he was 40 when he had me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe you'll be better equipped when you're 40. Yeah. <laughs> Doubtful. Seri- yeah. The trajectory is not looking well for that. No. <laughs> so Jim has been up to nothing in the last two months. I've not done like. anything. Jim has been in <laughs> suspended animation and cryo sleep yeah, <laughs> since it, our last it, recording. It feels like that because it feels like Gen Con was like two weeks ago at this point because yeah. it's just been uh, – I'm going to say energetically nonstop, um, at, at times frustratingly nonstop. The, the first thing I have to say, because when we recorded the last one, I was in the middle of my Kickstarter for Reflections, and uh, Reflections closed out uh, much, 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 much higher and much more support than I ever expected for that game. Um, like, I'm, I'm, it, it's really humbling. Like, I, I always looked at when I measured success for Kickstarter, it didn't have anything to do with money, but how many people, and to have 825 people, like, you know, support me and my game. It's like, whoa, that's yeah. like that's when I was planning it out, I was expecting, I was like, if I get 300, I'm good. Like 400 would be amazing. And then like 825. And I was like, this is, this is insane. And that's then the one shot community, like as a whole has been so unbelievably supportive. Um, you know, they're, they're playing it on the, the discord channel for anyone who's, who's gone on there and they actually have records keeping their stats. Last time I checked, someone was six Oh and one that they've never actually lost the game. And I'm like, I will, we, we, we will have a challenge <laughs> one night where I, I will come on and, and we'll have fun. But it, it's been, it's been a real fun process. Uh, the 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 most surreal moment for me was when i got the first print draft of the book like i just thought mm. it would be like another little like just kind of step in the process and mm. then when i actually held i was like this is 
this is a book that I made and like has my name on it. And, and I shouldn't say I made, there's a team of people that actually made this thing. I was just the guy that, that wrote, wrote the words in the, uh, <laughs> in the middle of it. Uh, so I have to give credit to all the other people like Palomi and Pavonis and Jim Merritt, uh, and all the, of course, the special contributing writers, you know, uh, they're the ones who really made that thing, but, uh, and Toby, um, but, uh, but anyway, so it, it's been a lot of getting, getting all of that together, uh, together with a, uh, cause I have to always have projects in my life, uh, jumping right into the development of the next game, Satanic Panic, which we'll talk a little bit about, I think, later on, uh, which I'm stupid excited for. And I've never been, I've never been this excited from a game from a design standpoint, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is a really nerdy thing to say, but we're on a tabletop podcast, right? Uh, so like that's that, that I'm excited for. And then combined with all of that, I had also a uh, – or not a living change, but I had a job change uh, in the middle of all of this. So when I got back from Gen Con, the, the one unfortunate thing about being a consultant is sometimes you get told, hey, we don't think we need you anymore. Uh, so when the week I got back from Gen Con, it was a, oh, yeah, you don't, you don't have a job anymore because we don't need the consultant anymore. And I'm like – Oh, okay. Um, so, cool. so, so now works a thing. Uh, so I've now, uh, now changed, still doing consultant, except now I've, I've, I've switched sides of my industry and I'm now consulting for the insurance side instead of the contractor side. But, uh, yeah, so I had all of that combined with the, uh, w- with all the wonderful design stuff. So it's kind of been like a, a slow motion blur. Like it just, it's like there's so much going on that it feels, I don't know, like time is passing super quickly and standing still at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's that's been my post Gen Con. So I'm sort of excited for these back to back conventions coming up of Metatopia and Acaticon, where it's like I gotta just relax, play some games, enjoy some conventions, hang out with friends, and just relax for a good solid ten days. And I'm so super stoked for that. Yay! I definitely get that whole like time distortion yeah. <laughs> phenomenon of like I cannot believe we are. Mostly, mostly done with October. What? Yeah. But then again, like it, it feels like it is just kind of dragged. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it like like to, to give I don't know a personal example from this year. Exactly that same thing. It's like there's only two months left in the year. We're essentially at the end of October. Like how quickly did this year go by? And then I I flash backwards and I go. Wait a second. At the beginning of this year, I wasn't even a part of the One Shot Network, which feels yeah. like like twenty forevers ago that it happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just always been. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you guys? Well, Meg, are you planning anything for like your podcast anniversary? I don't know because yeah, um, <laughs> i'll be totally honest with you i am still working on what's coming like next week yeah. so um uh, or well two weeks i guess um so i i'm not sure i'm not sure what to do i uh, i also have another project that um not ready to talk about yet Ooh. that might affect it Ooh. um so we'll see how that all shakes out so i i need to i need to get some more information and thinking in on that um, but I don't know I think it would be nice to do something or at least acknowledge it in some way because I I feel like yeah everybody has a podcast now but like we'll have been <laughs> doing it for a whole year like we we did it we did we put out a show every two weeks yeah. for a year that's crazy I know I'm, it's gonna feel very satisfying um yeah. I don't know if I'll do anything too intense but I'll definitely talk about the project and that kind of thing at the at the start of that episode and it's so cool to be launching like first 
week of January too. So it'll be like new year and new year of backstory and yeah, yeah. excitement. That that would be very cool. I think I may go back and revisit my first episode and see, because I know I talked a lot at the beginning of that episode about like what I was hoping to do with the show and maybe kind of revisit that and see if I did it. If I, because um, I don't remember exactly what I said at this point, um, but that might be a cool thing to do. Just kind of say like, well, this these are the goals I set out for myself. Um, how did I, how did I, how do I stack up and what do I want to do differently next year? Yeah. Um, so, hmm. Hmm. things to think about. Yeah, totally. Oh, we only have two months. Left. <laughs> we have two months left in this year, and I haven't made a single pumpkin pie yet. I don't know what's wrong with me. What <gasps> is wrong pie. with you? Yeah, I usually start making them at my birthday because that used to be my birthday cake. A pumpkin pie. pie. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, so. uh, I love, 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 love pumpkin pie. Like, but mm-hmm. to me, pumpkin pie is like solely a November thing. Because um, oh. it, it was always we, – we had them at Thanksgiving and then I would get excited because like pumpkin pies are coming up and someone would always trick me and give me a sweet potato pie and that was just <gasps> – oh, it, it's the, the, the sin of pumpkin pies as far as I'm concerned. Oh, man. Uh, I had sweet potato pie for the first time when I went to Majescola and I was amazed. It was so good. It's like ah, a pumpkin pie but like slightly different in like texture and structure. I think I pump- just had a really, really good one. Really it is a pumpkin example. pie lie is what sweet potato pie is. <laughs> I will stand yeah. firm on that one <laughs> i'm with you jim oh i've only recently come around to sweet potato fries and i think that's the only way i can handle sweet potatoes right now really? oh man i eat a lot of sweet potato i may have to try again sweet potato fries are amazing the other thing oh, is and, and this might sound weird to people uh if you have never done a sweet potato sushi roll it is amazing. They they have little little pieces of sweet potato. They uh they, they deep deep fry them and then put them in a sushi roll and that's like my go-to sushi order. It is oh, oh it's so amazing. Yeah, it's it's I, tasty. Yeah. Cool. I actually I think saw that on a menu not too long ago and I was intrigued. Um so thank you for that recommendation. Yes. I will try it next time it, I see it. it, it <laughs> every place I've had it at has been oh, amazing. Like you would never suspect it but so good. So good. Have, what have we bought recently? We got to do the other half of this scry and buy. Oh um, man, did we buy anything good, Alex? Uh, I like. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I have purchased an item besides like hmm. food to eat. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Come back That's to me, good. Meg. Did you okay. did you buy like a cool game or something fun? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's let's stay totally on brand here. And I bought like several dating games in the last two months <laughs> because games have come out and i'm a garbage human um, are you playing mystic messenger ah uh, no but i need to that's the name of it okay yeah so, so I, I keep seeing screenshots for that one and i'm just like i have so many games that i just bought um so that that's the one where the hot anime boys text you yes right yes okay cool i need that one um i bought my first otome game that like you pay money for uh-huh. um the ones I've played before have been the kind of like, oh, you get a couple, you get a little bit of the story free every day, and then you can get items if you like do interactions with people on your mm-hmm. friends list. And they're very like hard to figure out because right. they're not translated super well. Uh-huh. Um, so this one I bought um, 
doesn't have any of that interactivity it's just like you buy the routes you just flat out spend money on like reading these stories <laughs> and i got to the fourth chapter and then i died because a snake bit me which i didn't know could happen uh what, so what i need to start kind over. of oregon trail as a tome game is this <laughs> yeah. it's it's i bought princess arthur because i am <laughs> just a sucker for like anything that's arthurian themed and so if uh i i have actually i was shouting about a, a making a uh, King Arthur dating sim like years ago so when I this showed up in the app store I was like well thank you universe for like doing this for me um, it's beautiful um, and like yeah I don't know what happened like you you become like the king but you're this like little town girl um, but like you become king anyway and I was just like wandering around the castle and I don't know what decision I made that was bad, but it's just like, oh, suddenly you feel like something in your feet and like, oh no, you're dying because a snake bit you. And like, it's like, okay, this is, this is garbage. Uh, so you, I have to start over and the fast forward on it is super slow. So I'll like hit fast forward and like put my phone down and go do something else for a while and come back. And I was like, oh, I'm at a decision point. Okay, here we go. And then like do it again. So I haven't pick that one up too too much um but the two that I, the two other ones i bought are for the computer and they just came out in the last couple of weeks um i bought uh christine loves lady killer in a bind lady killer i'm so yeah. so excited to have time to play that oh boy yeah uh, yeah yeah it's i'm only halfway through i think like i'm on day four or something yeah. and like because it's it's long mm -hmm. um but it's a because uh, Jim didn't chime in with his cheers of, of joy on this one, so I'll explain <laughs> it a little bit. Uh, it is definitely the very erotic, very graphic. Mm -hmm. um, it's it is mostly about like lesbian relationships, um, lots of just like explicit scenes, um, and also navigating these very. They're, uh, I don't know, because they're all high schoolers, but they're like eighteen or whatever, um, so that they can do this thing in the game. Uh, but these really, it's cutthroat, like it's this cutthroat social right. game is happening. Like you are trying to manipulate these people into voting for you for, I don't know what exactly yet, like, because I haven't finished a route, so I don't know all of the dark nefarious things that are at play here in this game. <laughs> um, so you have these interactions with people where you are just like trying to like coerce them into doing things or giving you these votes. And I really like this game from a mechanical like game design mm -hmm. standpoint because most of these types of games you'll hit like a decision point. Like this is the point in the dialogue where you make a choice, A or B or C. Mm -hmm. Um and that's how games branch out. But the way she's built this one is the dialogue choices kind of appear um as you're having this conversation and they will stick around on the screen um and you can choose them like whenever in like in the conversation you want as long as there's still an option uh so sometimes you'll be having a conversation with somebody and one one choice marker will appear and it's like the the rash thing to do like start some shit and if you wait if you keep clicking through and having some more of this conversation you'll get some more choices because you've thought a little longer and you make like you have more rational options that are available to you um and it's really cool and it must be like super difficult to program i don't know how they did it but i'm i'm very amazed by it um so it's it's very cool mechanically but um definitely not safe for work um <laughs> yeah that sounds amazing yeah. it's it's very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really really excited to play it. I used to play um, a lot of visual novels um, mm -hmm. when they were just like fan translated downloadable things um, mm -hmm. when I was a teen. Um, <laughs> and I played like some of the really old like PC ninety eight era ones like True Love Story, and I played some of the like 
ones that I guess are the closest to what you could describe as being good, like Canon and, and, and Narcissu and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I was really, really into them, but they were very, very bad, like very bad on so many levels. Yeah. And the fact that like, now there's all these like really amazing, like I played, we know the devil, uh, not mm. too long ago, which yeah. also has a super interesting decision sort of tree and like dialogue option thing where instead of like, you're very much just observing this story about these three characters and the only choice that ever comes up and it comes up over and over again is like, which of these three characters would you like to see like hook up and connect? Like Mm -hmm. who are you shipping? Um, And that's the only option that ever comes up. Uh, Like, do you want to see these two or these two or these two? Uh, And it's, you know, a sad story about getting left out and being the third wheel. Um, but it's also really, really interesting and cool and like surprisingly, I don't know, it's got this magical realism go- thing going on, but, mm-hmm. but the emotions and the relationships and the way that these people love and hurt each other um, is just really uh, feels realistic or feels relatable or, or um, yeah, tangible in a way. Um, so that's really awesome. exciting. And then also I'm, I just started playing Mystic Messenger on my phone, which like, Again, when I was playing a lot of visual novels, there were not a lot of Otome games out uh, or available in English. Mm-hmm. Um, I played like I played one of the um, Tokimeki Memorial games that has a lady main character. Uh, I think I played two of those, and they're sort of fun. But but this is new. This like whole like it's on my phone and mm-hmm. it's actually like professionally translated and. It's more interesting than just like clicking through a bunch of text. There's some interesting game design going on. Uh, this is very new to me and I'm very excited by it. So oh, cool. it is really, really that's... exciting and interesting. Yay. That's definitely going on my list. <laughs> it to be the next one I get. Um, and then I've also been like compulsively playing this Sailor Moon game. Sailor Moon Drops. Yes. Okay, I've like never been into puzzle games and this is like such like a just match three like bejeweled type shit, but mm-hmm. with some Sailor Moon on top of it, and I fucking love it. I'm fucking yep. obsessed with it. Everything that happens, I'm just like I'm so much closer to meeting Sailor Jupiter now, or like yeah. that's Luna's helping me learn the game. Um <laughs> all the little character animations and stuff are so cute. so cute. And like when I win, Sailor Moon's really happy and she tells me how proud she is of me. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, this is good. Yeah. I, I enjoy this very much. <laughs> I am definitely a sucker for that one too. I haven't played in a little while because they do like special characters every once in a while, yeah. and I'm afraid that I've missed too many and i'm heartbroken it's okay jump um, back in you can get <laughs> yeah uh you can get sailor neptune dressed as a witch now for halloween <gasps> okay well see you later <laughs> <laughs> yeah games are fun they are and i like that you brought up we know the devil because they um formed a game company i guess oh, not cool. too long ago and i just got their uh their game that came out this week called rose of winter um and it's it's really cute it's it's pretty short okay um, but it's 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 more straightforward it's just like a little you play this this um this knight this girl who's who's wants to become a knight and she finds herself in a tavern uh and she has to like you're, you you choose one of four routes because like oh i need to pick up work and there's the like, these princes here and they need to get across this treacherous mountain and i should pick one and i i came up with these four because i thought they were really hot um so which one do we to help across the mountain <laughs> and so like you play these short little routes like helping these hot princes across the mountain it's real good that sounds great um, i would love yeah it. i can't believe i haven't heard of this i really want to play it 
You should. It's it's uh, it's only a couple bucks, and it's um, it, I mean, it just came out, so that's probably why. Yeah. But the um, the the folks who did We Know the Devil, I guess, now help other people make games. Oh, that's great. It's real cool. Yeah, because the the girl who wrote this, like, I follow her because she's an artist, and like they have another. So they had somebody else doing the art who I wasn't familiar with, but like everything she draws is super adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just like a really sweet, good. It was a good time. And I, I really appreciate also the thing about this game is they tell you at the end the tools that they used to make it, which was super helpful for me because that's what I've been doing for the last two days is I looked up some of the stuff they named and I went, oh my God, that's perfect. That's the thing that I need to make my game work. Oh, that's um, great. So it was, now I get to write these games off as research. <laughs> <laughs> Just perfect. Lovely. Uh, yeah. Jim, have you bought anything cool lately? Uh, <laughs> or played any dating sims? <laughs> yeah, what what are your favorite dating say. sims, Jim? <laughs> well, I think we need to we need to have an official section of, of Second Watch called uh, Dornbrock's Digital Dating. Like, <laughs> we definitely should make that just, just part of the uh, part of the form. I'm in. <laughs> Approved. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm not the not not the big uh, digital dating sim guy. I guess I guess I need to get on board with this. Um, but uh, now as far as purchases, I really haven't bought anything interesting. But I guess I I will say I I have intent to purchase something. So uh, we'll see hmm. if this counts. Um, and that is. I'm I'm letting myself get my hopes up again, which I shouldn't do because it will be dangerous. Of supposedly on December sixth, three days before my birthday, the Last Guardian is going to come out. Oh my for, gosh! For those that don't know, it sounds like everyone here knows what the Last Guardian is. Mm-hmm. It is the uh, I don't think direct successor, but spiritual successor to Ico and Shadow of Colossus, two of my all-time favorite games that are just so amazing. So beautiful. Uh, Last Guardian has been in development. It started in development on the PS2. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. it has I think this is the sixth official release date this game has had. Um like it is supposed to have been out for a out and in my life for a long, long, long period of time. And now we're at the point where it's like, I think this might actually be like the one. And I think this is going to I think this is going to come out and it's going to happen and I will finally, finally have this game. I go, there's no way it can be as good as the what, almost ten year build up or something like that. Uh maybe not quite that long, but eight years or something like that, you know, I'm, so I, I've committed, I'm like, this will, this will be one of the games that I will actually go and purchase on release day. I'm not going to pre-order the thing because I've been lied to so many times in the past, but I will, I will go and find this game on release day and play it. And I will not be, oh, I will be so ecstatic or my dreams will be crushed when it gets postponed for another year. But that's, that's been, that's been my, my only thing is I've committed. I'm like, I think I'm finally going to get last guardian in my life. That's what a beautiful birthday present that would right? be. Yay. Yes. I'll, I I hope you get that. We'll have to check in. I, I hope I hope I get it and I hope that it just completely rips my heart out just like well mm. both of the other games did. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, that's so lovely. And we'll get to we'll have our next second watch will be in December and we'll get to talk about that. Yeah. So that'll be really nice. Oh, and, and Jim's birthday special. Oh, but then then you're going to get Christmas, Jim, too, because I don't get excited about many holidays. I love Christmas. Yay! Yeah, yay. so you, you get a special oh, Christmas, Jim, for that one. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to that. I feel like Christmas snuck up on me last year, and I didn't really get to enjoy it. So I have been waiting all year to, like, do Christmas. So this will be good. Yeah. Christmas is wonderful. I, I get pretty excited about it, too. I'm looking forward to it. 
Anything you wanted to add to the scry and buy, Alex? No, I'm I'm wondering, uh, Megan, what have you been playing lately that isn't digital? That isn't digital. Yeah, that list is actually uh, a lot shorter. Um, I think since Gen Con, I don't remember if I mentioned, I'm in one game group, we've been playing Blades in the Dark. Oh, uh, cool. But we've, we were on hiatus all of like September. <laughs> so I'm hoping that game picks back up because I like it, but it's the the trouble of coordinating six grown adults um, yeah. is, is always rough, uh, especially because my schedule is so uh, evening heavy this, this semester. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of evening classes, which was prime gaming time. Um, but then I have another group we just started. We've played one session of Burning Wheel. Oh, awesome. How did you like it? I am cautiously optimistic. <laughs> it is it is a lot of book and a lot of rules. We only started with like the the bare minimum. Um yeah. so like the hub and the spokes uh, um character creation kind of we got through a little bit. Like we we managed to like play play for a few hours. So we we actually had uh pregens more or less. Um he had come up with some characters for us. So we didn't really do much character building. Um, which would be curious. I'd be curious to, to do that more. But um, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic, but it is a lot like of reading to do in the off time to learn what is happening in the system. Yeah. And I think I think that's it. My other group, um, we haven't played just because everybody's so so crazy. Like we we had been I'd been running a game for the last year or so and I finally had to just say like no, I I do not have the time to do that right now. Um so not not a ton, I guess. I think that's it. I, I've been super like I've really wanted to try Burning Wheel, um, but I've got the same thing. Of it, it's got a large barrier to entry, and I feel like mm-hmm. it's complex and intricate enough. I want someone to run it for me that really understands it. And I actually got to at, at this Gen Con. I actually got to meet and talk a little bit with uh, with Luke Crane, who uh, who, mm-hmm. who made it. Uh, he's a w- wonderful, nice guy. Um, but I've always I've always wanted to try it. So I'll be I'll be curious more as as you get to play it how 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 you like it. Yeah, I will let you know. I think everybody in our group is really learning it together. I think maybe one person has has tried before, I guess. Like like that's everybody's story is like nobody knows it super super well or has played a super long campaign, but like a couple of them have tried it before. Um so they're a little bit more familiar with it than I am, but we'll uh, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Alex? Have you played anything? Um, I could go for a while because I played a bunch of stuff at uh, Big Bad Con. Oh, yeah. I don't You've had cons. Fire podcast. <laughs> um, also, I just ran, I just facilitated a game of Old Friends, um, which is a game by Old Peter Gever and uh, Jason Morningstar about, um, it's, it's sort of like a sad ghost story with possession. Um, you play this sort of like group of like ghost hunters um, who 20 years ago disbanded your ghost hunting group because one of the people in your group died. And this is like, you've gotten back together 20 years later um, and you're trying to help the ghost of your friend who died to to move on. Uh, and the game uses a mask. Um, so the idea is that it, in order to bring the ghost into play, one of one of you has to wear the mask and be possessed by the ghost. Uh, oh. it's very powerful. It's really, really cool. I would love to play in more LARPs that use mask work. Um, it's, yeah, it was pretty awesome and, and pretty unique. Uh, so that was really exciting. At Big Bad Con, gosh, I played in a lot of cool games. Um, I got to run Kagematsu, which is like <gasps> my game. Like, like I'm not saying I'm quite at the like gym 
L5R like love level, but I'm pretty, I'm a pretty huge advocate of that game and I really, really love to run it. So that was like dream come true to run it for a really cool crew. I had some good players. Um, I played in Jay Lee's Mermaid, which is this really complex, really interesting game. Um, it's kind of like the story of the little mermaid. Um, but the way, and so there's like, there's like a prince and a king and there's the, the fan foundling who is a mermaid. Um, and then a bunch of other characters. Uh, there's a princess who's been brought there from this other kingdom who's supposed to get married to the prince. But of course the prince is in love with the foundling so on and so forth. A cool thing about the design is that conversation can only happen in private dyads. So you can have one-on-one private conversation only. Um, And you have like 15 or whatever, 10 to 15 people in this game. So, uh, but everyone, of course, like a lot of kind of secrets and powers LARP, a lot of people have games, have powers that let them kind of break those rules. So I was playing the character who could listen in to players to to conversations so i spent most of the game just like skulking around and listening to people (laughs) and uh and being very sad (laughs) it's like it's not like a strategic Mm -hmm. sort of goal-oriented game it's really about like emotional immersion so i would i would go around and listen to people but like i was just the prince's friend who is like madly in love with the prince and had grown up in the castle and like so i i just I, i spent a lot of the game being very being very sad um it's also a game that uses the Arsamanti technique, uh, which is um, a LARP meta technique for simulating sex. And basically, oh. you th- th- there was a really, really good workshop at the beginning of the game. Um, you touch each other's hands and forearms while maintaining eye contact and breathing heavily. And so you express everything about the sexual interaction uh, through hands and breath and eyes. Um, and it was like awesome. Like I couldn't believe how much we were able to express um, and like really, really convincingly portray um, just using hands and eyes and breath. Like, and I and we had a really good debrief, and a, a couple of characters had sex, and it was all such different situations. Like two people who totally loved each other, two people who were obviously thinking about other people and were just like trying to escape their sadness by like fucking and and so on and so on and so on and all of those scenes turned out so differently and were expressed and experienced so differently because of just how expressive this technique is so that was like a huge highlight of the con for me actually was finally getting to try after reading about it and hearing about it a lot uh getting to play with arzamandi was pretty amazing that's really fascinating i hadn't i wasn't familiar with that um and i i can just imagine like just I don't know it, it's a little I'm thinking about ex- what that experience might be like and it just feels like overwhelmingly intimate just even, even just like the, the maintaining eye contact just makes me like I, don't, I have to go like, it, it was very very intimate and we had a mm-hmm. really good workshop um that kind of like uh, broke the ice and like and sort of give you this alibi okay. to play with it and stuff but it in it's a technique that definitely has to be introduced very carefully and like into mm-hmm. the right context hmm uh, so I could talk about lots of games that I played, but I think I would I would take up the whole thing. Um, uh, Jim, have you been playing in anything fun lately? 
Uh, I I feel like I'm at a default answer now. Of it's like, oh yes, I'm I'm playtesting my game seemingly constantly, um, <laughs> yeah. which is a boring answer. So I'll give a slightly different one of because all I've pretty much been playing is is playtesting my own stuff. But uh, what I've started doing is. Uh, which is kind of both good and bad for me. Of I, I'm I'm an avid reader. I like reading. Um, but I normally read like twenty thirty minutes before I go to sleep every night. That's just sort of my my ritual to go to sleep. And typically I read novels. You know, you, you all know I like King. I like Polinick. I like like uh, re- reading this kind of stuff. But I've changed it because where I'm not getting to experience as many systems, I've now just started reading RPG books. Uh, hmm. partly from a, a, you know, just design, like, oh, how do they do the layout? How do they, they set, uh, set everything up and all that? And partly just to kind of see some different systems. So I've just sort of started looking for anything and everything and be like, give me, give me, give me, read, 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 let me learn about them. Uh, couple, couple interesting things that's happened from this. One, I'm about to, I'm about to say something that's, oh, oh my goodness. Um, L5R fourth edition is such a brilliant game that misses so many of the big key marks that would make it perfect. Like, mm. as, as I, I've started looking at it, like, again, with a, a designer's eye, and how would I, how would I change this? What do I like about this? What do I like about this? What does this mechanic do? And all that, I'm like, oh, that's so good, except you messed it up with, with, with this. The, the honor mechanic ties everything together, but you made it far too weak to actually be relevant as opposed to the core mechanic. Like, I, it, it hurts me some. It hurts me some to admit this, but it, it, it is is very much true. And and some of this has been prep for the, the panels coming up at these different conventions. Uh, but I've I've read a bunch of other different games. Uh, I finally got around to reading um, Paranoia, which of course is a game a, a lot of people know about, uh, yeah. a, a sort of a mad computer and all of that. And I, I know there's a lot of people with different opinions on it. I love like the writing style and how it introduces you to the world within yes. the book and all of this. Uh, it's so good and so so much fun. Uh, and then some off-the-wall stuff. Uh, Odam of Dreams and Magic. Anyone ever heard of that one? I'd never heard of that game. Somehow it got mm-hmm. on my shelf. So uh, so I've, I've read <laughs> through that. Uh, so that's kind of been like my new thing is I'm like I'm just sort of reading all of these different games to sort of, uh, you know, more from an analytical dissect them. But you, you kind of find interesting things about it. I, Jim, I really, really love Paranoia. Um, yeah? Paranoia is... Uh, and I apologize to everyone who has heard me go on this rant before, but Paranoia is the kinkiest game in existence. What? Like, yeah, you all sit down and you're like, we're all agreeing to engage in this incredibly, like, capriciously, unbelievably one-sided power dynamic for the purpose <laughs> of having fun. And we're all going to have a great time with it. Like, it, it's a parody of this sort of traditional like GM player and player versus player dynamic at the table and takes everything that's kind of dysfunctional about that and just like rolls around in it and revels in it and decides, okay, what if instead of this accidental power dynamic that we accidentally set set up and can be kind of weird, what if we all very deliberately and consensually engaged in it um, and played with the, the those icons of power uh, for fun? And so you end up at this situation where like, the players are just like helpless and the GM is just like, you die for that. Sing, sing me a song, fill out this form, do this, do that. And you as the player are just like, oh, the rules keep changing. I, I can't, I can't keep up with them. I'm, I'm so helpless. I'm so powerless. Um, yeah, this, that game is kinky as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I had not, uh, not not pulled that from the context of it, uh, although I do agree with you. It's a really interesting, interesting GM dynamic on that. And then, uh, and then at, at some point, at some point, me and Alex, we're we're, we're going to have to have the uh, we're going to have to have the BDSM conversation on this show because it's 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 been right there. But uh, we're going to have to talk about that that specific aspect of uh, oh, of our subcultures as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just as a side note, have you read Sunstone? Sunstone? No, I have not. Oh my goodness! It's your homework. You need to do like as soon as we're done recording. You actually probably should hop off now and just go read Sunstone. <laughs> um, like you will love every every everything about Sunstone. Ooh, uh, so how that's, that, that, that's a whole other topic. But yes, uh-huh. amazing. I, I'm I love that. I love that. Just like no explanation of what it is, you will just love it. I you completely love it. believe you. I'm gonna go hunt it down. Um, we should talk about Metatopia. Yes. Yes, conventions. Oh my gosh. That are coming up. Yes, and a catacomb. Well, you you guys talk about a catacomb because yeah. I've never actually been. Yeah. Um, what do you guys do there? Well, What's the deal? Well, Meta- Metatopia is coming first. Oh, okay. So we, we can start with that, which we're all going to. That's yes. right. Yay. I'm bringing a game to Metatopia. Oh. Ah, oh. What are you bringing? Um, so the game that I've been talking about for like years, um, which is the sexy dread hack. Um, mm-hmm. where you use the Jenga yes. tower to simulate sexual tension uh, instead of fear. Um, it's time to finally have someone other than like me and one other person play that uh, and see if mm-hmm. I can actually write something down and make it an actual game. Uh, so I figured Metatopia is a good way to like give myself a deadline to actually have something playable. Because um, yeah. right now it's a game that just exists in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so well, I've got two weeks. Yeah, so that's what I decided to do. Um, it's pretty exciting and unbelievably frightening. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I am intrigued though. I um I like the idea of dread, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm not usually into the horror games. Uh, and I also hate Jenga. <laughs> like it's so stressful. I, I, it stresses me out. But I think, uh, I think I would like to try your hack. Well, maybe we will get to play. Maybe we can set yeah. some time aside. It's like an hour yeah. game max. Like it's pretty short. Um, cool. So yeah, maybe we can find some time to have a little sexual tension. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funny, Ma- Megan. Your, uh, your, your sentence there. I've never had such a such whiplash from a single sentence before <laughs> because you were like, "I don't like the horror genre." And I'm like, "Yes, I'm a hundred percent with you." But I hate Jenga, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's <laughs> let's let's slow the roll there." Yeah. I, I, I literally have four sets of Jenga in my uh, in, in my closet. Oh, Jim, I'm oh oh, I'm all about the Jenga. All about the Jenga. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have very strong opinion. Can you can you bring some of them to Metatopia? Sure. Because I have, because again, it's a really short game and it's a two-player game, so I'm thinking it might be nice to run like more than one game simultaneously or something. Mm. So, if, so and I only have one tower. If you could bring an extra tower, I would actually appreciate it a lot. I would absolutely bring an extra tower. You, oh you are going to get the the official Jenga, not any of the the little knockoffs of Jenga. Oh, because, yeah. <laughs> oh there's all right. Quick, quick, small, small Jenga story, real quick. Uh, because at one point, um, uh, my, uh, my my better half, her sister, knew that I. Was was a big Jenga fan. So just on a whim for Christmas, uh, you know, we exchanged gifts and all that. And one of the things she got me was she was like, oh, I know you love Jenga and have a whole bunch of sets for some reason. So I got you a set and they were Panda Blocks. 
Now, Panda Blocks are a knockoff of of Jenga. Uh, now, here's the problem with all knockoffs of Jenga. Jenga actually has uh, a patent or copyright or whatever they have on the exact size of those blocks. Oh, so mm-hmm. you will notice all of the knockoffs, the blocks don't make a perfect uh, square You know, on, on two sides for the, the things. There's either gaps in between or they, they stick over because Jenga actually owns that. Uh, so anything else that's not official Jenga is an abomination, an abomination <laughs> on Jenga. Uh, so I ended up using them. It was in a funny way because this is going to sound mean as a fire starter for the uh, for the fireplace, and I, I I burned the heretic panda blocks. So that wow. is that is that is my my brief Jenga story. That is some Jenga passion. <laughs> wow, we're firmly on opposite sides of this Jenga war here. Wow. <laughs> oh, if you're a panda block supporter, we cannot continue oh. to do this. No, I I don't like any version of Jenga. It's it's the um it's too stressful. It is I the game understand. of stress. Like it's a game that yeah. is designed to stress you out. So if you're like I, I have enough of that, thank you. I'm fine. Yep. Yeah. I I apply enough stress to myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. All right, so, what, one other. All right, then one other small. I I don't want to keep telling stories, but I have to. Um, what, tell us about Baby Jim. Yes, here we go. All right, childhood Jim. The reason, because everyone goes, why in the world do you have so many Jenga sets? It's because I, and this is actually my my love from it comes from. I don't actually play Jenga that much. Um, but one of the first like childhood games I invented was uh, after I saw Star Wars for the first time. As a matter of fact, uh, and I went over to to my mom's house. Uh, every every Friday night, I spent at my, my mom and pop's house. Uh, cause being, being cute little baby Jim. And I, uh, so I, I got the, the Jenga set. And what I did is I stacked up the Jenga blocks to make little like tie fighters. And then I would take blocks and throw them at them. So I'd have a certain number of shots to destroy the entire TIE fighter uh, fleet. Uh, and then I got better and I could do, I can do chicken walkers. I can do, uh, at ats or ATATs, oh however you choose to pronounce it. Uh, I can do TIE interceptors. And then I branched it out into further military. If I got a ship design, I've got tank designs and all that. So I have a whole bunch of Jenga sets because I needed the armies on either side to be big enough. And that's, that's more ridiculous gym nonsense there. So I love Jenga for not playing Jenga. <laughs> Adorable. So Alex is bringing a game to Metatopia. Yes. Jim, are you bringing a game? I to am Metatopia? bringing you to Metatopia. Yes. Uh, Dang guys, what are you bringing? Yeah, I'm. I'm doing Satanic Panic. Uh, the the game that I've got in development. This is going to be the the first, I guess, public playtest, if you will. Uh, I've playtested it a couple times with a group here, and then I've played it on a uh, a podcast, one of those newfangled podcast things, uh, which we'll talk about, I think, a little bit later. Uh, so this is going to be the first public playtest of it, and I'm. I don't know why I'm nervous and terrified, and I think it's because, like, you you both are very creative people. I I think you understand where I'm coming from with this. It's something that I personally think, like, I've done a good job with, so it's not something that I can easily just go like, oh, this was okay, and maybe people like it, maybe people won't like it. I'm like the, I really hope people like this because I actually think I did really, really good with this one. Uh, So it's sort of an extra level of nerves coming together with a convention that I've never done, and I'm going to do this a play test with, like, industry professionals. So there's a whole bunch of nervous energy coming in with this one. Uh, So I'm I'm really excited for Metatopia and the experience, but that one industry game on Saturday, I'm I'm a little nervous for. They might be mean to you, like I, not like mean, mean. But I feel like the stories I've heard from designers who have playtested at Metatopia is like that's the convention where they made me cry. Um, yeah, but not out of malice. Right, and you will be better and stronger for it on the other side. 
I I specifically because uh, this is my my first Metatopia, uh, so I'm getting all the experience. And was it this past week? I got the uh, got the phone call to like you know figure out schedules and all that from. And I, I forget her name who makes the, uh, the the phone calls there with Devil Exposure uh, to do sort of all the organizing. Um, mm-hmm. But it was such a such an amazing. I was like, wow, they really put a lot of thought and effort into this. But one of the things I said is I was like, go ahead and tell people like I'm looking for you know brutal honesty. Bring it. Let's let's do it. And like, the, I'm I'm cringing the whole time because I'm like, I'm this is going to hurt me. Like, but it's, you know, and make make you stronger. That type thing. Uh, Meg, what are you going to be doing at Metatopia? What are you looking forward to about Metatopia? Um, well, I'm going to be doing a couple panels. Um, I am not bringing a game to Metatopia, um, but I will be on a few panels. And I am honestly, I'm just looking forward to seeing all of these people. Um, I've been to. This will be my fourth double exposure event, and so there are people that I know uh, that I, I only get to see at these cons that I'm going to get to see. I'm going to get to see the one-shot network people. Yeah. There's more of the the community of, of our little great community that's coming out to this con for their first time, and I'm super excited just to like to see them in person and to like for them to have a good time at this convention to hear about what they do. I don't know. I played a bunch of games at the last Metatopia, one or two of which are still kind of kicking around in my head, and I hope they're back. I hope they're still working on them. I want to see, like, I'm excited to see the game list come up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great panels, and I will I will go to panels all day, but I am excited to see what's what games are coming back, um, and so hopefully that information will be available in a week or two. Like, that's, that's what's exciting for me. I want to see who's back. I want to see what's changed in their game since I played it last year. And I'm really hyped to for some of these games to get to completion, like because there were some real good ones. Yeah. And then we didn't talk about panels, but uh, I know I'm doing a couple. And what me and Alex think we've got two together, don't we? Yeah, at least. we're going to be on a panel about podcasting, which yep. I think should be pretty cool. And we're going to be on a panel about two-player games, aren't yes. we? Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> At, uh, GM Jeff Stormer's run-in from the uh, Party One podcast, right? Or uh, facilitating, or whatever you want to call the term. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be great. Uh, such a great he's a guy. good time. <laughs> I like Jeff. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, cool. And then I'm also um, I'm uh, late Saturday night. Uh, I got pulled into a panel about uh, queer games and queer game mechanics, which is uh, – very um very dear to my heart and also i'm going to be doing uh last year sarah richardson and i did this workshop about con crash or con drop as it's sometimes known um and we basically got a bunch of people together had like a facilitated discussion about it shared some strategies and experiences and perspectives um and then we all took a page and made a little zine about our discussion and our perspectives um, and so it was super fun, really successful, loved, loved doing it. And, uh, and so we're going to do it again and release uh, Con Crash 2, Crash Harder. So <laughs> be there for that on Friday. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Nice. The the panels I'm in uh, are both on Saturday, I believe. The one in the morning I'm doing with James and Brandon from that other <laughs> right. podcast. Uh, about hacking games and then i i think i'm filling in for somebody um that evening on an accessibility panel so the the two things that i talk about on my show all the time come watch me do that in person i guess awesome (laughs) um and i guess the other one other thing i wanted to throw out about metatopia is for um any ladies or non 
binary. Binary. Yeah. They keep an eye out for the credit bureau. Oh yeah, yeah. They will be doing. I think they're doing something Saturday this time. But we've got a a really great group of lady type people who are. Um, they were awesome. Like that was the first thing that I encountered when I went to Metatopia last year, and it it really helped, like shape my experience at that convention and at every game convention after that that kind of came because that's like metatopia was my first i think real tabletop convention so it was really awesome to encounter that first thing and and be hooked up with like other ladies who have who are in this space and like here's here's these people here are their names and you can find them and they will like help you with whatever yeah Um, so it's it's real good yeah it's like a circle and it's, it's basically like a chain of like backup like mm-hmm. you will be assigned someone who you can like back up um and who can like uh, back you up so it's a sort of like support thing um which is very handy if you're at uh the game convention that might make you cry <laughs> um and yeah. uh, uh and it's pretty cool and it's just like folks who are not dudes can come and uh and just get like a buddy and be a buddy and um and just uh yeah, just remember that you're not alone, basically, is is what the point of that kind of was for me. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was cute. We had a little hour of, of crafting. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you made, made our, our jewelry. <laughs> yeah, it was it's good. Mine's uh mine's still hanging out right by my right by my desk. Aw. So I can check it out. Um sorry, Jim. We'll we'll be your buddy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one shot crew also yeah. always has each other's backs to the max. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward. I um I was at the end of, of a chain because it was my first Metatopia, so I'm looking forward this year to uh to having a buddy to back up. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, uh, um, we're over so, an hour. I feel like we should wrap yeah, things up. Um probably. Yeah, we'll we'll speed through and then uh right after Metatopia that, that oh, next right. weekend. Yeah, is, sorry, a catacomb. Uh, Talk a, about a catacomb. catacomb so Jim and I are going to a catacomb. I haven't been before. Um I left some gaps just to do pickup games. But I picked like one or two games each day that I wanted to try to do. Otherwise, I'm just going to hang out. So Jim is the expert on a catacomb. Uh, yeah, a catacomb is like uh, at this point, a catacomb is my favorite convention. Um, last year, now this is only the hmm. second year of it uh, officially. It has existed for a couple of years before that in a much smaller capacity. Uh, but uh, Michael Ross of the RPG Academy uh, is the one who puts on a catacomb. It is in Dayton, Ohio, this year, and. It's just, it's a super small convention that has a lot of really big names to it. And it's incredibly, it, um, I think you're talking about this kind of a big bad con. It's very play focused. Like that is essentially the convention. I think there's, they actually do have panel rooms this year and I'm doing a panel. Uh, the, the art of mechanics is what the panel is called where you can come hear me break down how horrible of a game L5R is. So yeah, if you're coming to that one, see that, that <laughs> wonderful panel, um, which will be, oh, I, I, I will. I, it'll hurt me. It'll hurt me, but I'm gonna do it. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it's it's really a play focused uh, game, and what we found is it's a spot where a lot of creators are liking to come and sort of run games for the public in a very intimate way. You know, uh, Keith Baker, who uh, you know did did, did Eberron and did uh, Phoenix Dawn Command, and I forget he has an amazing Kickstarter going on right now. I forget the name of it though. Um, but uh, he's, Yes, that's it. Thank you. 
Yeah. Uh, he's going to be oh, yeah. he's going to be there running games. Um, Rob Schaub, who did Shadow of the Demon Lord, will be there running games. Uh, Ken Height's going to be there. Will Highmarch is going to be there. Uh, John Wick was actually supposed to be there, but he had a schedule conflict and he unfortunately had to had to back out. That's where where I got to meet John and hang out with John last year at this thing. Uh, and then all a lot of the one shot will be there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we we won't have Alex with us this year, but hopefully next year. Um, but of course, my myself, Megan, uh, James, and Cat will all be there. Uh, a lot of podcast people come there. Um, uh, yeah, you two can Cthulhu is there, and they run awesome games. Uh, last year where they did it at the cabin, they actually had a, a cabin set aside just for them where they brought people in and that way they could control the lighting and everything and it, it's amazing. Uh, the uh, DMs Blocks guys come there and last year they did a two simultaneous tables running with two different GMs in one collective story that then they all met up and did a whole big thing. So it's a lot of people sort of trying out different games, uh, big names coming there and running sort of intimate personal games uh, and then people just trying wild crazy new, new ways to run games. Uh, so it's, it's this cool little convention where it's like everyone shows up and they go, hey, we we are here for tabletop. Let us, you know, spend three days playing tabletop and focus on playing tabletop, which is great. And then then if we can get Alex there next year, maybe we can start expanding a little bit more into that wonderful LARP territory. So because uh, uh, I know Michael's interested in getting that more involved as well. So it's it's just it's a fun little convention that is very, very play focused, uh, very nice, very relaxed, super easy. Like I, I, I loved it so much. So we will see if if Metatopia sort of uh, oversteps my expectations on uh, on that. But right now, right right now, that's uh, a catacombs my my jam and uh, officially what I'm doing there is I said I've got the one panel the art of mechanics and then I'm running three play tests of Satanic Panic there as well. However, all of those are already booked up, so I don't know. I, I, yeah. I tell you this to to dash your dreams and hopes, but apparently people are really interested in playing this game. So uh, I'm sure I'll be doing some pickup games of that as well as of course I'll be doing uh, you know anything that can find. I normally run I, I do a big my my wrestling RPG that I'm never going to publish. I get eight people together and we do one big huge wrestling event uh one of the mornings so that'll that'll be going on it'll just be it's, it's a good fun time great i i'm excited to kind of reconvene in the next second watch and see uh how our opinions stack up about a catacomb and metatopia yes. um versus what we what we had right now because like metatopia is the one that i know and i love and a catacomb is the one that you know and you love and we're gonna try them for the first time yes. in the next couple weeks Ooh. so it'll be exciting that'll be cool um and one last thing you know last but definitely not least is uh jim's got network news i do yeah let's i'll I'll, i know we we, we've ran long enough so i'll just go go through it quickly but uh yeah we're a long show (laughs) we always run long uh Yeah, uh, so I, uh, of course, there's there's been wonderful little network news that have has happened within uh, sort of how I'm I'm progressing within my career within the RPG industry. That is, uh, and that is, of course, Talking Tabletop has gone down to a a biweekly show uh, to to open up some space because I'm doing an AP podcast, uh, which is called Satanic Panic. I think we all seem the theme here, uh, which is going to be an AP play test. Um, uh, I've got uh, a, a group of three that we are playing sort of a camp 
campaign style. So similar to like what campaign does, except we're going to go for about 24 episodes and that's going to be it. So it's going to be one continuous mm. story, but we're not going sort of like the super, super long term. It's we're going to go for about six months and that'll be that'll be sort of the story that we tell. And it's serving as both like, you know, a fun entertainment as well as a playtest podcast for this system. So that way you'll get to kind of see the system, see how it evolves and changes uh, and all of that. Uh, so I'm I'm super excited for it at the time of this recording recording. Uh, it has not aired yet, uh, but we've done our initial recording session of the first four episodes, and we've got another one of those that's scheduled before it airs. Uh, and it's 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 stupid, silly fun. Uh, that's for sure. I, I made the, the brilliant choice slash horrible, horrible mistake of inviting uh, two improv uh, actors on the show. Uh, so uh, Emily Thomas and Jared, who you all get to, to know if you're interested in listening to it, are just amazing, wonderful talented people and uh we get we get stupid and silly at times that's for darn sure the 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 l5r series this is not i will warn people about for uh before we get to it but uh no so i'm i'm kind of really really excited for that uh and that will be airing uh first episode is going to go live on november 1st so that may or may not have happened depending on how the magic of podcast release schedules work when this is coming out so that's the that's the new thing so i'm i'm all kinds of excited for it I'm excited too. Are are you dedicating any portion of the show to like a like an insider like here we changed this and here's why and here's the mechanic or are you just kind of um addressing those things as they happen in the game? Uh I'm trying to keep the game itself as entertaining as possible. So what I'm okay. doing is together with each episode I'm releasing a small together with each episode I'm releasing a small 10 to 15 minute Probably won't be a heavily edited podcast, which is me talking about the mechanics, talking about how they change, talking about how we learned, and talking about sort of specific things that were addressed. And those are probably going to be kept in a, a Facebook and a G plus community, which is going to sort of chronicle and document, uh, you know, have a place for people to talk about the the development of this game. So there will be a whole bunch of sort of uh, insider stuff on that, but to not bore people that just sort of want an entertaining show, I'm going to kind of separate it out just slightly. But for those that are interested, it will be there for them. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right. That's everything I had on the agenda, man. <laughs> that's right. I, I love our little bi-monthly checkups with each other. It's yeah, so good. Yeah. Yes. It sounds like things are going good in general, which is really nice to hear. Yay. And we're going to get to hang out in a couple weeks. We are. I'm so excited. Oh, so excited. And hopefully I'll kick this cold. My voice sounds all gnarly. Um, and I did not make it better by playing games all last weekend. So <laughs> looking forward to resting, resting my voice for a little bit. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, really just, I, I love Metatopia. Like I truly, truly love it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to be there and hang out with all y'all. So in, in two months when we get together again, we get to talk about Metatopia and a catacon and Christmas. Oh, yeah. Christmas. It's like the yeah. best of everything. Yeah, that's that's going to be a very excited discussion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and, and Megan, cool. I naturally assume that you will you will bake us each a pumpkin pie and mail it to us, so that way we can all enjoy pumpkin pie together. Yes. <laughs> well, I I have been. Um, every de- double exposure event so far, I have brought baked goods. It's so. Um, oh. Maybe if you're nice, I will bring something. I'll be super nice. I'll be super nice. I yeah. promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll have to decide what I'm bringing this year. But uh, I had some pumpkin cookies last year that I think went over pretty good. So that'll have to do. Pies I think are hard to mail. Pies are a little more delicate, hard to share too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring a pie to Metatopia. Why not? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, cool. Okay. Awesome. 
well then we'll, we'll be back in two months for the holiday special that's holiday right the special. second watch holiday special let's get some like <laughs> uh like jingle bell sounds and uh yeah let's, let's yeah. really lean into it oh <laughs> man we'll pick a day when it's snowing Aww. and just go to town and then, right. then two months after that we'll do the musical episode yeah okay <laughs> let's jump <laughs> every shark <laughs> And then the one after that, we'll have the shark on the show. Yeah, yes. but we'll oh, yeah. the shark That'd be great. That'd be great. perspective on things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Good. Lovely.